With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs, and each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have any questions you would like me to ask, you can find me on Twitter at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Iowa welcomes Purdue, an 11 a.m. kick at Kinnick Stadium. The Boilermakers bounced back last week with a 40-14 win over Maryland. Iowa opened as a 17-point favorite. My guest today covers Purdue for the Journal and Courier, it's Mike Carmen. Mike, thank you for the time. Thanks for having me. I want to start by getting a feel for what Iowa fans can expect from Purdue this weekend. I know there have been some injuries on the offense, some key injuries. What can you tell us about who we'll see on the field and who we should be looking for to make plays? Well, there's a lot of new faces that uh, were not there at the beginning of the year. Uh, and if Iowa fans were you know, at all tracking Purdue uh, from Big Ten Media Day, you know, through through maybe the non-conference schedule, a lot of things have changed. The quarterback has changed. Uh, Elijah Sindelar was the starter, got a concussion, came back, then broke his uh, clavicle. Jack Plummer's the quarterback. Rondo Moore is the headliner, uh, but he also went down in the Minnesota game with a with a hamstring injury. Uh, Jeff Rom didn't completely rule him out on Monday, but it's probably unlikely that he'll play uh, Saturday. But the door is slightly open uh, for for that. Um, so they have been hurt by injuries on both sides of the ball. They lost Marcus Bailey, their top defensive player, uh, in practice before the TCU game about a month ago. Uh, Lorenzo Neal, uh, who was at Big Ten Media Day, has, hasn't played yet this year. He's recovering from an ACL injury, uh, suffered at the end of last year. And we, you know, we thought he would be on the field by now, but that, that hasn't happened. You know, I think all total, they've had maybe 18 guys uh, injured and missed time. Uh, so in the first half of the season, so it's it's been a bit bit of a patchwork, but it's also allowed uh, a lot of younger guys, true freshmen and redshirt freshmen, to get on the field maybe a little bit quicker. And Purdue had a top twenty-five recruiting class coming into this year, and a lot of those guys are, are getting a chance to play and and show their ability, and and more importantly, just get some experience this year as Purdue kind of navigates through 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 this period. It seems like the offense found a little bit of a groove last weekend. Is is that true? Well, uh, I think it helped. They played Maryland, uh, which didn't really seem interested in, in playing defense uh, last week. But uh, Purdue had struggled the week before at Penn State, and you know Iowa fans know all about Penn State's defense. Um, but Jack Plummer had time. Uh, he was able to find uh, receivers down the field, and they were able to uh, make some make some make some big plays out of, uh, out of the offense They had over 500 yards and, you know, uh, plumber threw for 420. Uh, so it was a good day offensively, but I think Maryland's defense or lack of attention to defense probably played a little bit of role, but Purdue just needed a confidence boost there. And I, and I think they feel a little bit better about themselves going into this week's game. 
Now, Mike, how about defensively? Who are the big playmakers or maybe a big position group to look for? Well, uh, their their defensive line has been, again, hurt by injuries. Uh, they're they're going to play mostly nickel, or at least they did last week because they just don't have any linebacker depth right now. But I, I'm not sure you can play a team like Iowa all the way nickel because of some of their – uh, their heavy formations and what they like to do uh, offensively. George Karloftis is a defensive end, is a guy to watch. He's a freshman uh, from uh, from West Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, he, he's been a disruptor so far. Uh, he, he usually makes a lot of plays in the backfield, and he, he's a guy that will command attention from Iowa's offensive line. Ben Holt uh, is a graduate transfer linebacker from Western Kentucky. Uh, he leads the team in tackles. He, he's He's all over the field. So he's going to make some plays there, and they've got some, they've got some guys in the in the secondary. Corey Trice is who, who just moved to cornerback at the end of training camp. Had a couple interceptions against Maryland, including one for a pick six. Big, tall, lanky type of cornerback, uh, about six three, uh, recovers well when when he gets beat, but also has that athleticism to to make some plays. What is the area of Iowa's team you think Purdue can exploit with the most success? Well, that, that's 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 a good question. Um, you know, Purdue Purdue has talent at the receiver core. Uh, David Bell, I think Iowa fans are familiar with because uh, uh, Iowa was heavily involved in his recruiting. Uh, he's a kid out of Indianapolis at Warren Central High School. Uh, he had a big game last week: nine catches, 138 yards, couple touchdowns. You know, if Purdue can get its passing game going and get some protection up front, and that's another thing, Purdue. Had three new starters on the offensive line last week, and Plummer was only sacked once. Uh, if Plummer can get some time and allow David Bell and the tight end Bryson Hopkins uh, to run their routes and get open, then I think Purdue could could move the ball down the field. Uh, from the Purdue perspective, what's the most dangerous part of Iowa's team? Um, the fact that it's still Iowa, and I know what's happened the last couple weeks. You you have to take into account who they played, and you know. They, I know they only scored one touchdown the last couple weeks, but um, you know this is still a good Iowa team. You, get, you know, you go back to the beginning of the year when they when they started off strong. You know, they have some they have some weapons on offense. Nate Stanley is a is a capable quarterback of uh, you know getting getting guys involved, and you know Purdue's just not you know they're not they're not great defensively. So they, they need to make some plays there. And Iowa's going to be able to move the ball a little bit better than what they did the last two weeks. You know, Purdue's just kind of concerned overall. They just have overall concerns because they still have a lot of new guys playing. And, you know, now they're going to go back on the road again and, and, and try this thing again. Um, you know, Purdue's offense also is going to have some concerns because, you know, I think Iowa's pretty strong defensively. You know, to to keep Penn State at 17, to keep Michigan at 10. You know, I think Purdue's going to encounter some struggles it didn't encounter last week. You know, coming up against Iowa. Mike, I think it's safe to say that Iowa fans have been frustrated with how this series has gone the past couple of years. A a couple of losses that were unexpected for this fan base. How does the how how do the Purdue fans see this game and maybe see Iowa's program as a whole? Well, uh, Jeff Brom is two and zero against Iowa, uh, and. The, that that was brought up yesterday, uh, you know, with him, and you know, I think Purdue's, you know, Jeff, like most coaches, they 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 try to find the weakness and they try to find the area to exploit. And then, if you look at the last two games in this series, um, Purdue has been successful going deep, and 
you know, part of that might be Iowa trying to squeeze the middle of the field, but Purdue has found the right matchups down, you know, uh, with the home run ball to, to really uh, exploit some things. And, you know, last year's game come down, came down to a last second field goal, but, you know, David Blau threw four touchdown passes and the year before Sandler threw, threw a pair of touchdown passes. And so if, if Jeff Rob can figure out a way to, to exploit that area again, he'll, he'll, he'll attack it as much as he can. Um, but, you know, Purdue fans, you know, they, they view Iowa. I mean, uh, let, you know, let's be honest. I mean, if, if Purdue's program could be like Iowa, then I think they would be happy because Iowa's consistently winning games. And I know that Iowa fans want more, but uh, if Purdue's program could get to a point where you, you were, you were counting on seven, eight wins a year, Purdue fans would be extremely happy about that. All right, that's Mike Carmen from the Journal and Courier. Follow him on Twitter, Carmen underscore JC. Thank you so much for the time, Mike. Thank you. And hopefully the Hawkeyes can regroup, find an offensive groove, and get the season back on track. You can join Joe Schmelka and myself on Thursday evenings at the Front Row and Clive from 7 to 8 o'clock for the Hawkeye Nation radio show. You can listen on KXNO and keep up with everything Hawkeye sports right here on HawkeyeNation.com. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.